everyone, and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. My name is Sarah. And I'm Bree. And with us today, we have special guest, author Carrie Nichols. Hello. <laughs> so happy to be with you. <laughs> Thank you for chatting with us. So we're recording this um, June 21st, and it's literally 8 o'clock in the morning. And we just log in, and she's like this ray of sunshine. Yes. <laughs> Oh, it's nine o'clock here, so maybe that helps. Oh, yeah. there you go. Okay. You're like an hour ahead, yeah. yeah. You yeah. and Sarah are in the future for me. Yeah. <laughs> so we have some icebreaker questions. Sarah, okay. you want to kick us off with those? All right. So has your writing always been a passion of yours? And how uh, writing during the pandemic, how has writing during the pandemic been for you? Um, okay, short answer is yes. I've always <laughs> wanted to write. And difficult, I guess. <laughs> well, I found out that I'm, because um, when, when I was totally blocked, um, I luckily I have a lot of writer friends that helped. Um, and Allison McLean, she's a fellow Golden Heart finalist with me so we're sister mermaids <laughs> um she suggested becca symes um quick cast and strengths so i took the i listened to her podcast and i took the strengths test and found out that i'm input which means um i can't have output without input okay. so okay. What I was doing was, uh, because I couldn't travel, couldn't be out with people, I was sort of isolated, and I couldn't write, and I found out that, you know, so I tell myself, well, you can't watch TV, you can't read books, because you're not writing, and that was, I was shooting myself in the foot, because mm -hmm. I need to read and watch TV and mm -hmm. experience things in order to have output, so. Interesting. So is that course, or is it kind of like, it... Well, I the Gallup Strengths Test. Okay. Again, well, Clifton Strengths. I don't know. I guess now it's Gallup. Um, and found out that input was my number one. Mm -hmm. And then I watched some of Becca's um, YouTube videos on input and things like that. So okay. That so you helped. basically need like you need to be out in the world to yes. get inspiration. <laughs> yes. Yes. That yes. is cool. That I feel like that would be us, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I need, yeah, I, I, I have to have that, what they call input. I just, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm just like, if I'm watching a TV show and so, you know, something gets mentioned that I, oh, I don't know what that is. I, I pause the show and I run to my computer to look it up. And, yep. you know, like an hour or two later, I know everything there is to know about that, <laughs> that trivial little subject and then go back and watch the TV. <laughs> I love it. So it, it was hard on me not, you know, yeah. and then like I say, I didn't realize, you know, once I got permission to be able to read and watch TV, then I was, then it, it unblocked. Plus I had a one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching session with Joanne Grant. She's uh, an editorial uh, writing coach and she used to be a um, Harlequin acquiring editor. So okay. she's been, and she helped me a lot too. So. Excellent. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At first I was like, I'm not sure about what this one-on-one is going to do, but she really, yeah, she was fantastic. She really helped me. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. Well, what's inspiring for me just off of what you've been talking about mm -hmm. so far is like, even after you have, like you have books that are published, right? <laughs> but like it, you never stop 
working at like your craft. your craft. Oh yeah. 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 And I swear every time, maybe I shouldn't admit this, but every time I start a book, it's like, Oh, I've forgotten how to write a book. How did I forget <laughs> since the last one? And each one is, each one is different and it just, yeah. It's like starting all over again. (laughs) According to your author bio, you are a New Englander transplanted to the American South. What was one culture change that you took while that took you a while to get used to? Um, Tea. (laughs) I don't drink coffee. I drink hot tea. And we moved down here and I ordered tea you know, in a restaurant and they bring this tall glass of amber liquid full of ice. And I'm like, what's this? It's tea. I'm like, oh, sweet tea. <laughs> tea comes in a, in a cup and it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and here, even if you want, and tea is sweet tea. Yes. So yeah. if you want unsweet tea, you have to ask for unsweet tea. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to somebody uh, about that, you know, they, they brought me iced tea. And she said, well, I, I went to New York City once at Christmas time and I went to a restaurant and ordered tea and they bring me this hot stuff. And she <laughs> says, I don't want that. I want iced tea. And she said, the waiter said, oh, I'm sorry. It's out of season. She <laughs> said, you mean you people have a season for iced tea? <laughs> I know as a Canadian going to the States, my husband and I went down to a Tim Hortons because we have, of course, Tim Hortons. Oh, yes. yes. Without hitting a Tim Hortons. And then we go down to the States and I I got an iced tea because it was like summertime. And the girl goes, do you want it sweetened? And I thought, well, yeah, because I don't want. Oh, my God. I can see granules of sugar on my tongue. I'm like. What do you people do to tea down there? <laughs> yeah, some sweet tea is like, yeah, your teeth ache to oh, drink yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. We still laugh about that. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, soda is cola. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Coke. It's Coke, it's, it's yeah. Coke. Yeah, and they'd say, what kind of Coke do you want? And we're like, well, we didn't really want Coke. We wanted, you know, she said, well, we have Sprite root beer, you know. It's like, yeah. It's all Coke. That took me by. So I, I went to high school in Memphis. And oh, okay. even there, they didn't, it was like, what kind of drink do you want? They didn't really say soda or pop. And then I was stationed in Georgia. And I remember my first time going to McDonald's, they were like, what kind of Coke would you like? And I'm like, <laughs> Um, do you have vanilla Coke? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're asking. <laughs> I was like, am I, am I stupid? <laughs> you know, you have like one Coke on the menu. Yeah. That I'm looking at Coke is Coke. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was mostly things like that, that yeah. you know, well, and the first time somebody told me, I asked how to do something. She's, well, you mash the button. And I'm like, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> <laughs> mash the button. But, you know. I'm mashing. <laughs> I, I guess that's not where you move, you know. It's, it's yeah. true. Yeah, it's true. Things, it's true. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> You also mentioned in your bio that you love British crime dramas. How did you get into yes. those? And do you have a favorite that you'd recommend for us to check out? 
Uh, I'm not exactly sure how I, how I got into it. Um, I'm, I'm a total Anglophile. Mm -hmm. And and now I know why, because I had uh, my DNA done, and I'm like 75% British. So it's like, well, no wonder. Yeah. <laughs> it, it said I was more British than a lot of British people. So, you know. And I just started, well, I think the might have been the first one I watched, and it's still my favorite. Is Inspector Lewis? Okay, um, I Lewis. love that one, and it you know takes place in and around Oxford. Mm -hmm. I just love the. I think I liked it, love it because um, Inspector Lewis and then his DS Sergeant Hathaway, the way they play off one another. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. one of them is I guess Lewis. Um, Hathaway is very scholarly and he knows all these scholarly things where Lewis is like every man and he's just like, so between the two of them, like they, like he said one time, between the two of us, we make a pretty good detective. <laughs> <laughs> I know my mom and is a I, fan of those. I also like Vera. Um, yep. I found her when I read some of Anne Cleves's um, book um, yep. and Owen oh, Shetland. Yes. Um, I found that from an Ann Cleves book too. Wow. So, yeah. Have you watched Midsummer Murders? Is that what it's called? Yes, I've watched like My all mom's 22 a huge seasons. Fan. Yeah. <laughs> 22 seasons. Oh my God. Yeah, no. I know. <laughs> he just watches them all and then watches them all again. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you forget, you know, right? some of the stuff. And, 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 you know, when they switched Barnabies, I'm like, eh, I don't know. But no, I, you know, I, I was okay with it. <laughs> and there's another one that she likes. It doesn't take place in the UK, but it Murder in Paradise or something. Oh, yes, yes, she yes. I love that one, too. I like too. that one, too. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that takes place uh, somewhere in the Caribbean. Yeah, yes. but he's he's British yes. and he's kind of a bit of a bumbling uh, detective, if you will. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That's that's had like eight or nine seasons, yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> they are fun. They are fun. Yeah, um, they're, I guess it's the banter and all the, you know, the dialogue that they, that they have in those. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we also learned from your bio that you love to travel. What has been a favorite travel destination of yours so far? And what location is the, on the top of your wish list? Okay. Uh, well, we went a couple years ago. Um, we went to Japan and mm. I absolutely loved it. I, I wasn't sure. I was like, mm. well, you know, my, my youngest son, um, I mean, he's an adult and married, but he loves to travel too. And he loves Disney. And so his thing is to go to every Disney park and he wanted to go to the, the one in Japan and he he was and I forget oh I know he what he called he lives in Seattle and he called and said well I'm not going to be able to come for Christmas because it was too expensive to fly at Christmas time this year and I said well what about Thanksgiving well we're going to his wife Caitlin's parents they live in Hawaii so <laughs> I'm like well I guess if I lived in Hawaii you'd come to visit me and he said well I'm planning to go to Japan and I don't want to go by myself and nobody else wants to go how about you come? you can come and I'm like okay <laughs> so my husband and I went with him and he was like our even though he had never been before, he was like our tour guide. You know? <laughs> so I said, well, I can stand Disney for a day, day and a half if the whole rest of the week is Japan. So yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I really love that. And <clears throat> we were supposed to take 
An another trip within May of 2020, we were going to go to uh, London, Paris, and then we were going to go to Bruges, which wow. we've always wanted to go to. That was like, and my son had even gotten us. I don't know if you've ever seen, I don't know if I should recommend that the movie in Bruges, because it's, it's very dark humor. It's mm -hmm. a lot of swearing and, <laughs> you know, thing, and kind of violent, but it's, it's a wonderful uh, movie. And he even got us um, reservations at the hotel where it was filmed, where the people wow. we stayed. And of course, we had to cancel it. So <laughs> that was so. That's on my top of my list. And I wanted to do Oxford because of mm -hmm. uh, Inspector Lewis and mm -hmm. Morse and all those shows. And and on my wish list is Tuscany. Probably from because oh. of Francis May's Under the Tuscan Sun. Yes. Ever since then. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. I need to stop reading these <laughs> books and watching <laughs> these movies. <laughs> yes. And I went to Greece. Oh, well, it's back when the dinosaurs roamed the earth because I was a senior in high school and I, I just want to go back. Mm -hmm. It was just absolutely beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I yeah. want to go to Greece. So bad. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Maybe someday yeah. we were supposed to, my, my husband and I retired and it was like, oh, we were going to travel and we made it to Japan and then, you know. <laughs> Pandemic happened. Yeah. And then the pandemic, we haven't been able to, but we hope someday to For be sure. able to go back. Mm -hmm. So we love romance origin stories. Can you share with us how you became a romance reader? <laughs> okay. Um, well, I've always loved to read, but I was in, hmm. well, I went to, I grew up in a small town and we had grammar school. It was one, first through eighth grade and then you went to high school. So I was in grammar school, so I don't know exactly what. It was below eighth grade anyway. And <clears throat> we had a bookshelf in the, one of the classrooms. You didn't switch classes. And, you know, you, oh, you got to pick out a book off the shelf to read. So, and, you know, I think by the time my row was called, you know, to go over and get a book, I picked up the Scarlet Pimpernel. I thought, oh, that, that looks pretty good. Mm -hmm. And I read it and I just fell in love. I mean, it's swashbuckling and the romance. I mean, I was at the age where, you know, when he cursed, he, he won't, wouldn't, he was so angry with her and so proud he wouldn't talk to her, but he kissed the ground she walked on. And I was just, I melted. But I was so, I got to the end of the book and, you know, they had, uh, he had rescued her and because she had risked her life to save him. And, and he carried her on board his ship and, and, and he hurried to, carrying her hurried to his cabin and then the book ended. And I'm like, well, that was dumb. I you know, love the book, but the ending was kind of dumb. And then in high school, I read it again and I got to the end of the book and I went, oh, okay. Fresh perspective. Just, yeah, yeah. It just went right over my head. The second time I was like, oh, okay. And I read a lot after reading the Scarlet Pimpernel, my mother said, well, you can read like Emily Loring, Grace Livingston Hill. Yep. And then I found Barbara Cartland. And, and then in high school, I was just all about the gothics. Um, Phyllis Whitney and Jane Aiken Hodge, Mary Stewart, and mm -hmm. all those. <laughs> oh, I love Phyllis Whitney. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I want to be her when I grow up because I think she wrote well into her 90s. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I'm reading not Phyllis Whitney, but I'm reading um, The Mistress of Melon for the first time next month. Oh, uh, and yeah. I'm really excited about that one. Is that Isabel Holland? Victoria Holt. Victoria Holt. Yeah. Yeah. 
Victoria Holt. Okay. Which yeah. I mean, they all had like five pin names. So oh. do we really know? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Because I liked Barbara Michaels and Isabel Holland, and yeah. <laughs> so I and then I found Harlequin Romance and Silhouette Special Edition, mm-hmm. and I started reading those, mm-hmm. and I wow. was just hooked. <laughs> you know what, Sarah? I feel like this is the first time we've had someone say Harlequin Romance. Usually, it's presents usually it's the presents <laughs> oh well yeah i do love presents mm-hmm. but i mean i you know started on harlequin romance, harlequin romance. yeah, yeah. yeah. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> in 2018 your first two books were published the sheriff's little matchmaker with entangled publishing under their bliss series and the marine secret daughter the first book in your small town sweetheart series with harlequin under their special edition line. Can you share what your journey into publishing was like and how did the two releases under different publishers come to be? Uh, well, the, the two releases under different publishers are because of my agent, but I had, mm-hmm. well, way back when I said I discovered Harlequin Romance, I wrote one, I was in, mm, this was way back when you used a typewriter and you slept to the post office with this big box. Oh and I, sent it off to, to, I had to send it to Toronto at the time because that was the only offices they had. Mm-hmm. And uh, with you know, and I got back a form rejection, but the editor had scribbled across the bottom. Uh, you need uh, you you're a good writer, but you need to develop your writing voice. But I to me it was a. A rejection. There was no internet, so I just put it all away. But I kept kept writing, kept writing, <clears throat> and then uh, my youngest moved out, and of course I had empty nest then, and I went into his room and you know it, empty bedroom, and I cried, and I don't know. I looked around, and I said, I have an empty room. <laughs> <laughs> And I did, and um, I wrote one, and it wasn't, of course, it wasn't very good. It was a romantic suspense, but I entered Harlequin, So You Think You Can Write. Mm-hmm. You do your first chapter, and people said they liked it, and then, uh, but it didn't really go anywhere because it really was bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and uh, then I did another one, the second one, and the chapter that I entered eventually i mean it doesn't you wouldn't recognize it but it was eventually the marines you know uh secret daughter but a a, um published author read it and she said oh she said i love this i love your characters you need to query my agent so i did i queried her and i sent i think i sent her the full on a wednesday and she called me on friday and i was like oh my god she's calling me she's oh your characters left off the page it would they were just so wonderful and you know you have such a wonderful writing voice and so i'm like yeah but i'm hearing a butt in there she's yeah you have no plot and no content. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like oh okay she said you kind of need those and i said well if i figure that out will you read it again and she said sure so i took all kinds of classes i could on mm-hmm. conflict and plotting and i'm still not a really good plotter but i did i took a few class plotting classes but they just kind of didn't 
it, it wasn't me, you know, mm -hmm. I couldn't get it. And then I took one with Laura Baker um, called Turning Points. And I said, I'm, a, I'm character driven. I'm definitely not plot driven. Mm -hmm. And I said, this is all I have. I have these two characters. This is sort of their backstory. This is how they start. And then I want at the end, they're going to get together. They're going to realize this, and, mm -hmm. you know, because most people say, well, no, you need all this other. And she said, okay, we can work with that and we can figure it out. And from then on, and so I, um, I kept sending, rewriting it and rewriting it, sending it back to the agent. She's getting close, getting close. And then <laughs> I sent it to her and um, it was April of 20, when did my book come out? 2018. So it must've yeah. been 2017. Well, no, it was 2016 mm -hmm. because um, that was the year and I, I one, I only entered the chapter in, I belonged to Georgia Romance Writers in their Maggie's contest, and I only entered it because I was, you know, trying to support the chapter, and I won. And so oh, wow. I said, you, you have to enter the Golden Heart. So I did, and I was a Golden Heart finalist. Mm -hmm. And uh, I sent back to the agent again. I read, because she said, you're, you know, your little girl's getting in the way, but you can't get rid of her because it's the Marine's secret daughter. And then I woke up one morning and said, I'm going to send her on vacation. <laughs> first thing in the morning and she emailed me that night and she says is it too late to call you I said no and she said my first thing she said was I'm offering you representation and I was like oh okay she said, oh, now yeah. we have to make some more changes <laughs> <laughs> I swear this whole like like the process to getting the book on the shelf sounds so Painful. Oh yeah, it, I mean, I worked with her for like eighteen months. You know, how about now? How about wow. now? Almost, almost. And I just, I said, I can. I said to her, I remember saying to her, I'm, I'm gonna get this. I said, I'm as stubborn as they yeah. come. Yeah. So I'm gonna eventually get this. And yeah, she offered me, you know. And then we still had to make changes. Mm -hmm. And then I remember, I, she said, Oh, you need a romantic kiss here. And so I, I sent her, you know, I rewrote it and she called me right away and she said, I asked for romance. You gave me blood pressure reading. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I redid that and she said, how about a romantic, if he can make a romantic gesture within the first 50 pages. And I said, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. and so I was talking to my husband and I said, she wants a romantic gesture. And he said, what the heck is that? I said, that's <laughs> why I don't know what to put. <laughs> Of course, you know, of yeah. course. Well, I find that in because before I really started reading romance, I was a very, I was very plot driven. Like I, I didn't care about the characters. I was in it for the plot. Mm -hmm. But I think when you start reading romance, you become a very character driven mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. And so when I think of how you like writers write the romances, I'm just like, the plot seems so intimidating. Mm -hmm. Like the character part sounds so fun, but mm -hmm. like the plot is the part that like, I am just like, there's, I can't do this. It sounds so intimidating to me. 
well, it, it can be. <laughs> That's the way I start every book with, you know. And I did figure out I'm only getting better at conflict, but after the first couple books, I I get to chapter two, sometimes chapter three, and I would be like, I just it, the book would come to a grinding halt. Luckily, my um, one of my critique partners said uh, she read it and she said, Carol, your characters like each other too much. You know, I didn't want them <laughs> to, you know. And so now when I get to a certain point and it and and I'm like, oh no, they like each other too much. They, yeah. they were ready to ride off into the sunset. And even with this newest one, the Sergeant's Matchmaking Dog, um, when, the first time I wrote it, you know, when she offers him the cupcakes as an apology, mm-hmm. he takes the cupcakes and they chat and all of this. And my my critique partner, she says, I don't think they should do that. What if she ref- he refuses them? I'm like, oh, okay. And then he shut the door in her face he did (laughs) it like i felt like he shut the door in my face and i I don't even bake cupcakes (laughs) but i had to because you know otherwise they were just you know ready to ride off into the sunset that's right yeah end of story story. (laughs) um for any of our listeners who are new to category romance, how would you describe um, Harlequin's special edition series and Entangle Publishing's Bliss series? Uh, well, let's see. Um, Harlequin um, special edition, you can keep the bedroom door open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, you know, like quite as graphic as presents, mm-hmm. but you can have, I mean, some, some authors don't, but you can with bliss. You couldn't. And I didn't realize that. Cause I really hadn't read a lot when my agent said, cause we, we got the first Harlequin was coming out and, but it was going to be like 18 months before the next one came out. And she said, well, that's a long time. And so she had, she said, well, what else have you got? And I said, well, I've got this sergeant's uh, little match. I mean, the sheriff's little matchmaker. So uh, I sent that, and she sent it in, and I didn't realize that I had an open door <laughs> sexy. <laughs> and, they, and actually, she sent that in on a to uh, to them on a Tuesday or something. She said it'll be, and I said, well, I can give it to you, but I said we're going to Japan. That's when we were. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be in Japan for a week, and you know, off kind of somewhat off the grid a little bit. And um, she said, that's okay. It'll be a month or so, at least before I hear back from them. So I sent it to her on Tuesday. And on Friday night, I was in Japan and I get this um, email from, because I had no phone service, but I had, I could get internet. And I got, had this frantic email from my agent saying, I'm trying to get in touch with you. Where are you? I need to talk to you. <laughs> I emailed her. I said, oh, I'm in Japan. Remember? She, oh, yeah. So she said they uh, uh, entangled once the book, but they also want two more. So so it was like midnight in Japan, like and and it was like six a.m. the previous day in, in the, on the West Coast where my agent is, and we're emailing back and forth. How about this? How about that? How about this? And so when I got the first round of edits on it, um, my editor came back and said, "Oh." you you can't have the sex in it and i said oh she said you can lead up to it she said but she said once the nipple makes an appearance you've gone too far oh gosh <laughs> I said, cover okay. the nipple cover so the i always n- remember that yes the nipples. <laughs> i love it i love it that's hilarious 
so so there's yeah i mean you can have a lot of sexual tension but mm-hmm. you have to have closed door, door. <laughs> interesting okay okay <laughs> <laughs> Well, congratulations. Thank We've you. read it on your, your July release. So by the time this episode releases, it's out. You yes, should absolutely go get a copy of The Sergeant's Matchmaking Dog. Please do. Um, do you do anything or did you do anything in normal times to celebrate your release date? Uh, not really. I remember the day I, that my agent called and said, you know, we had sold to... Um, Harlequin's special edition and it was in December and uh she called me we had our I I had already cooked supper and everything it was you know after that and so I didn't really she said what plans do you have I said I don't know nothing really and my husband was going over to Walmart and I I'll go to I feel like getting some of that um they had tins of pretty tins of Starbucks hot chocolate mix you know Mm -hmm. and so I'm standing there and I had the um peppermint one in my hand and the dark chocolate and i'm like which one do i want which one do i want <laughs> and then i said you just sold the book you're getting both of them <laughs> so i bought two things of hot chocolate that was my break <laughs> that is the cutest treat yourself i love it i love it <laughs> why must a girl choose one she just sold yeah, the book feel like when you go to the Walmart and you see your book have you ever like signed them and just put them back I, I the haven't shelf? quite signed them but sometimes I'll have um, a postcard of it or something and I'll sign that and I'll stick that in I guess you can sign them but I'm just afraid of somebody coming over saying what are you doing yeah. for that? You know? and then having that conversation like well I wrote this yes yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. so yeah. I really did yeah because lots of times because that's one thing Harlequin I will say they give you quite a few free copies mm-hmm. and so i'm always handing them out and they'll say here do you want some, uh, this and they'll say oh did you uh, are you finished reading it is it any good and i'm like no no you don't understand i wrote it i'm not just giving you <laughs> <Okay. laughs> oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> Um, The Sergeant's Matchmaking Dog is a beautiful story that has a lot going on, but at its heart, it feels like a story of two people adjusting to their new lives whose paths cross and are simply meant for one another. Gabe is a former Marine who returns home from Afghanistan with a four-legged matchmaking companion named Radar, and Addie is a legal guardian of her little brother, Teddy. What inspired you to write this story? Um... I really don't know. It wasn't any one thing where I said, oh, this is it. This is my story. Because lots of times I'll get an idea from somewhere. But by the time I start writing the book, the idea, you don't really recognize yeah. it, you know. Uh, so I there wasn't really. I might have been the dog first, you know, mm-hmm. just thinking about that. Start with and the dog. I don't know why a librarian just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just, yeah, there was no... Oh, this is it. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, before the story even begins, you have a note to us readers, which I have to say, shout out to Harlequin authors. I love the dear reader. Oh, in the really? yeah. 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 I mean, it, as I'm writing them, I'm like, oh, God, does anybody even read this? Yes, yes we do. <laughs> but in yours, in this book, you write that as soon as he appeared on the page, Radar became a character in his own right, and all the pre writing plans I had for him went out the window. 
as a writer, can you speak on allowing a character to guide you through the writing of their story when it feels different from what you'd already pre-written for them? Like, yeah. how do you know? I mean, at that that moment where you're like, well, this was my idea, but the character is just like, no, yeah, this is this, this is, is my story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't do a lot of pre-writing. I um, like like I was saying, talking about my friend Allison there, McLean, my. Uh, fellow mermaid she has all kinds of you know charts and graphs and she does all this planning and I'm like if I had to do that no I, I wish I could because she has it practically she knows where she's going and I just kind of sit down and I want them to start here I want them this in the middle and I you know want a happily ever after so I did do a lot of research um, on military dogs because I thought oh that would be cool because I saw some show i think it was or some article about a military dog because they can get ptsd and you know and i thought oh i'm gonna have all this military so i bought all these books on military dogs and i read all about him and that's what he was gonna be and and then he appeared on the page and then when teddy said was he in the marines too it was like no he wasn't i went but no no i did all that research but he wasn't and i think it was for the best because gabe kind of felt like he came from the wrong side of the tracks you know growing up yeah. and he didn't feel like he and so i thought i wanted that for radar too mm -hmm. you know because i think if radar had been military it would have been a whole different yeah. dynamic between them yeah. so yeah. i went with it <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i really liked is even though he wasn't a military working dog it just showed how dogs are so loyal and he he if he felt like was it emotional support like he really felt like an emotional support for Gabe and it's yeah. like he just like snapped into that role like okay you're my human now and mm -hmm. like I can tell that this is what you need from me so it still felt like he was a service dog in some kind of way without even really trying yeah. So, yeah, I thought it was great. I, at first I was like, well, wow, is he an MWD? And then I was like, no, he's not. But he still, like, mm -hmm. takes care of Gabe. Takes care of him, yes, mm -hmm. yes. Uh, that's what I wanted because, yeah, I didn't want him to be, like, official, you know. He's been trained, so he has to do this. No, he just wanted to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Can you share with us a few of the changes you made because of Radar's character insisting, you know, certain parts be written differently? Hmm. No, because it was, that was at the very beginning. So I, you know, just went with that. But um, I, there was, um, <clears throat> I will say Addie being afraid. That was um, <clears throat> personal experience. I had gotten uh, I had never been afraid of dogs and all of this. And then uh, it was a couple of years ago, uh, one of our neighbors, I was out walking my, one of my neighbors and I, we walked, walked the neighborhood every day. And this other neighbor was out and the dog was always behind an electrified, you know, that invisible fence, you know, would always bark at us, but she was out walking in it and she had it on one of these retractable leashes and it didn't bark or anything. And the dog wanted to come over to us and she said, oh, he won't bite. Well, the next thing I know, he had <laughs> my arm in his jaws oh my goodness. and I mean, he drew blood and everything. And so now I'm kind of, I, I'm not totally afraid, but if there's a strange dog, I'm very, very careful. So yes. that kind of, you know, that's, that's how I got that. And, mm -hmm. you know, so 
and and it was funny because I had to watch a lot of dog training videos and I watched a whole bunch of the dog whisperer and I, I know there's a line in it now what is it um because um Cezanne Milan there said um think like a like a human but act like a dog or or it might be the other way around I forget and and he had actually said that so I put that in the book and I remember my editor said I don't think he would have said that and the copy editor chimed right in and said oh yes he did I want video <laughs> so, <laughs> so I got to keep it <laughs> but but I liked what you did with Addie because it wasn't as the book progresses and the more she thinks about it, like, yeah, getting bit by a dog sucks, but it was what happened after that she came to terms with like, this is really why I've, I'm afraid of them mm -hmm. because yeah. it happened to me before. And she was put in this position where it was like, you have to say it's your fault. Yeah, that was, yeah. I think that made it. Cause really, I mean, cause I, like I say, I'm not, uh, we have dogs in the neighborhood that I know and I'll pet, go out and pet and, mm -hmm. you know, all of that. It's not that I'm afraid of all dogs, but, you know, I'm cautious around a few that I don't know. So I didn't want her to just be let this, you know, but it was, yeah, the, I thought the aftermath was what caused her problems. Yeah. Yeah. So um, both Gabe and Addie are grappling with guilt. Addie because of something that happened to her little brother and Gabe because of a coin toss that changed his life. Was there anything you hoped readers would take away from seeing both Gabe and Addie work through the situations they felt guilty over? Um, I don't know. I, um, I, that's the thing when I write and then somebody will say afterwards, oh, you made, you know, you were planning for this. And I'm always like, oh yeah, I was. I, I totally did that one. That's what's, that's honestly, like, I think what we've always wanted to hear. Cause like yes. we read it as readers and interpret it and we're like, were they planning to do this? And then to hear you say like, no, cause for this book deals like with how heavy guilt can be. Like guilt really has shaped Gabe and Addie mm -hmm. and you like perfectly just the choices you make and the choices you don't make. Yeah. And all for both of them, it was based off of things they felt guilty over. Mm -hmm. And we were just like, did she plan this? So to hear you say, <laughs> no. no, not really. It was just the characters. That's what, what they spoke to me and what mm -hmm. I, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. So mm -hmm. no, there was no, Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, yeah. you know, and I, I guess some writers do, well, I'm going to do, you know, and I just, no, I just go with my gut and, for sure <laughs> you know how would i react if i had you know some of these feelings yes. and stuff mm -hmm. that know, makes sense i think that's what it is yeah i wish i could say oh yes i you know did this scene because <laughs> well that makes it even that honestly makes it even better it, does. Yeah, it was <laughs> unintentional <laughs> <laughs> So at the library that Addie works for, there's a group of ladies that she refers to as her Harlequin ladies, who are a group of ladies who leave the library with stacks of paperback romances. This was such a fun homage to category romance readers, it felt like. Do you remember the first time you realized that the stories you were writing meant something to readers? Ah. <sighs> 
I guess it might have been um, <clears throat> when somebody, she was an acquaintance um, online. She, her, uh, she wrote to me and she said um, that her uh, sister-in-law, I think it was, had died. And she said reading one of my books helped take her out of what was happening in mm -hmm. real life. That really made me feel good. But then I thought, well, you know, we're acquainted. And then I got... Um, Actually, I think I don't think it was in an email. I think it was in a review of Scrooge of Loon Lake. And somebody wrote, um, she said, the little boy who was nonverbal, Sam, she said, um, the story broke my heart in all the best ways because her daughter was nonverbal. And that made me feel you know yeah, that's yeah. when that just yeah, and, and I didn't know who she was or anything. So it, you know, she yeah. wasn't just yeah trying to make me feel good yeah <laughs> and and I was so glad that because my editor a couple times she said well maybe what if Sam starts to talk at the end of the book and I said no no yeah that's yeah no no so for some women for mothers out there who hope that that happens and it never happens they mm -hmm. she felt seen yeah yeah mm -hmm. it's like you know no because he was he was just he was perfect the way he was yeah. absolutely yeah. yes you know there was nothing wrong with him really mm -hmm. you know when, mm -hmm. when you think about it yeah mm -hmm. so so that made me feel really i love that story so much <laughs> i really did <laughs> well i don't know if you read the um print version or the digital because the print had had like two paragraphs missing from it oh i, know, I read digital i had it i had an article oh, okay. they were there. able to correct the digital yeah but the print had already been printed oh <laughs> and the only reason i found it was because <clears throat> somebody wanted to write for special edition and she said do they let you swear and i said well they did i don't know if i could say it h-e-l-l -L. they let me say that yep. you know in the book and i said i'll show you where and i went to that page and i'm like wait a minute it's oh missing but it wasn't just the word that was missing there was like two paragraphs <laughs> <laughs> I, I cried and cried and i thought well nothing you can do about it so i had a postcard made up and every time i gave a book away i put the postcard <laughs> with the missing passage and i went to all the bookstores every time i found a bookstore with a book in it i put the postcard in <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so we'll do some fill in the sentence. Um, okay. When I'm not writing, I'm uh, reading, watching TV, or I love to do uh, count cross stitch. Me too. Yes. Oh, I love it. Yes. 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 <laughs> so I you know, and I had to give it up for a while, and then because uh, my eyesight had gotten yep. bad, and then I had cat my cataracts done, and I was like a whole new person. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I can see you! I can see you. This is what the world looks like." <laughs> I, I used to complain to my husband, "We need new TV. We need..." An, and then after I got the cataracts done, I was like, "Wow, we don't need a new TV." <laughs> uh, one hill I will wholeheartedly die on is. Huh. I have to have happily ever after. Yeah. I guess that's the, yep. yeah, you know, I, I have to, I think that's why I went into romance because I wanted, 
I wanted, I just feel bad, even though I know some people are probably happier divorced and, you know, things like that. I just always want mm-hmm. everybody to have their happy ending. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, um, a comfort food of mine is a uh, hot tea and shortbread. <laughs> I think I am you. I want to be you when I grow up because I swear. <laughs> Thing ever. Yeah. Did you did you see the emphasis on hot tea? Not yeah, sweet hot tea. tea. I've learned. I've learned in the twenty something years we've been down there. It's hot tea. <laughs> um, one movie I will never stop watching is. Ah, while you were sleeping, mm. I watch that every oh, Christmas. That's to nice. me. That's it's just so romantic, and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I mm-hmm. love that one. I mean, there's a lot of other ones, too, because I'm a big movie buff, but yeah. that one I dig out every Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one trope I will never not enjoy writing is? Uh, writing or reading? Writing. Um, okay. Writing. Oh, reading. Excuse me. Sorry. I, can, I can't read. Reading. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- this is where my... Uh, how much I love presents comes in. Revenge. I love the revenge trope. Because yep. <laughs> I just know when he's so wrong about her in the beginning and saying stuff, I'm like, oh, you are just going to grovel so much. <laughs> some people say, oh, it's terrible that he shouldn't say that. So, yeah, but that's the more he has to grovel. Like yeah. <laughs> and I love presents, but I can't write them. I've tried and my heroes are like, no, I'm not going to be rich. No, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to, you want me to say what to her? No, 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 no. (laughs) I'll just read them. I'll just read them. Exactly. Exactly. Um, One thing I need within arm's reach while writing is. Is that hot cup of tea? That hot tea. I concur. I concur. And my most comfortable attire is? Uh, jeans or shorts, depending on, and t-shirts, depending on the yep. time of year. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Staples accessories. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> do you want to do the rapid fire, Brie? Let's do rapid fire. Okay. <laughs> Ebook, audiobook, or physical copy? What is your preferred reading method? Physical. Physical I'm old. <laughs> well, and I like to pull books off the shelf and read. Oh, I got to read that scene again or yeah, something. Yeah, and it's yeah, easy, yeah. a little easier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of books, what was the last book you read? Uh, it was a Nora Roberts. It was kind of old. Um, it's uh, that Cordina's Crown Jewel, I think it's mm. called. It's her Cordina characters. Yeah. Mm, I've been okay. reading. I've been on a Nora Roberts kick lately and reading a lot of her old ones for a nonfiction book i can't remember the title of it oh wait a minute i think i got it here uh guardian angel it's uh life and death adventures with pararescue oh, and because wow. the book i'm working on now he was a pararescue jumper in the air force oh, neat. So. okay <laughs> okay in the sergeant's matchmaking dog the heroine addie celebrates her 23rd birthday what would you tell you at twenty three? At twenty three, if you could reach across time and give her a message, um, you shouldn't have given up writing. You know, submitting so easily. Mm-hmm. You know, one rejection, and and I didn't realize getting a, a handwritten note even on a form letter was a good thing. So mm-hmm. I'd say don't get. You know, although maybe. <sighs> 
maybe I had to live, mm -hmm. you know, all this in between to get to where I am. Cause, yeah. cause it's funny. A lot of people who read my stuff, and they'll always say, oh, yep, that's you. That's you. We recognize your writing voice. So that advice that I got, really, I didn't know what it meant, but I evidently I followed. It really came full circle. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. That's I think awesome. you're yeah. right. So maybe I had to, but I, I probably would try to say, well, maybe you shouldn't have given up so easily. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know. But. 15 years from now, you're writing your memoir. What's it titled? <laughs> Hot tea and stubbornness. There you go. I love it. <laughs> you know, yeah, hot tea. Because really, that's what got me through mm -hmm. to, you know, because really, I wrote that first while well, even now I'm still write, rewriting books, you know. Uh, but that first one, I think it was from, you know, white, white screen and blinking cursor, like at least three times, you know, wow. I rewrote that whole thing. Okay. Yeah. I kept a little bit, but yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. What is the most used app on your phone or the app in general that you use the most phone, <clears throat> computer, whatever. Um, hmm. On the phone, I guess it would be texting. I'm not, I do like, um, I have one that I just purchased and I used to have a different version of it, but, um, pro writing aid, it corrects all you know, shows you all your grammar mistakes oh, okay. and everything. And somebody said, well, don't you have an editor for that? But I'm, I guess I'm too much of a perfectionist. I don't want even my editor. You don't want to send to it to her. Yeah. 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 Unless I know I've, you know, and, and, and so there, there, I was like, well, no, I think I really want it. And somebody said, well, does it make you happy? And I said, yes, it makes me very happy <laughs> to go through it and find all these little things that, mm -hmm. you know. For sure. What do you okay. use for writing? Like, are you writing longhanded or do you use like something I on your computer? Scrivener. I, uh, well, I use Scrivener for the first draft because I don't write linear. Okay. I wish I did. I no. wish I could start from chapter one and go to chapter 15, but I'm like, no, you're going to write this chapter today or you're going to write this scene okay. today. So I do it in Scrivener so that I can have each scene in a separate little file mm -hmm. and then I can move them all around and see where they go. And then once I've got, gotten it all the first draft finished, then I switch over to word because then it's easier to do okay. all my, um, tweaking and all mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. in, okay. In word. So that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> lastly, can you share with us what is coming up next? Um, I'm doing, revisions on uh the next bliss it's called mending the hometown hero mm -hmm. and it's uh, the first draft is written but the pacing was slow and so i'm you know going through that and fixing that and then i'm also writing like i mentioned my pararescue jumper he's uh he's ex-military this is for the special editions moon lake series um the heroine is this optimistic bubbly she won a um uh, a broken down B and B through a essay contest, this old Victorian, she can't open, you know, and she had all these plans and then the town's fire marshal just sort of laughed at her and said, no, you're breaking all these, uh, fire codes. You can't. <laughs> he's got, he's going to be the hero. He's his mm -hmm. stick up his butt. <laughs> that is one of my favorite, like storylines. Mm -hmm. So I mm -hmm. love when a heroine inherits like, 
a baby yes, or yes, a yes. cafe. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Especially if it's like run down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because and I have seen them on Facebook. Win this B&B in Vermont or, you know, yeah, all yeah, this yeah. stuff. Write this essay. And so she did. She had a broken engagement. And so she did. Nice. And um, she won it. And, but, of course, the reality wasn't what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but she's there trying to fix it up and working and, you know, all mm-hmm. of that. And he's like, you know. Every, you know, and she's like, oh, no, here he is again to tell me I'm doing something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can't wait for that. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. (laughs) Like he has to obviously do his job, but, you know. (laughs) Yeah, he tries to tell her, you know. No, this is, you know, I'm, I'm just looking out for your safety. And of course, he wants nothing to do with, he's not going to get married. He's going to stay a bachelor, all mm-hmm. of that. And she just wants a home and family. And, yeah. you know, so, yeah, he's like. A little no, bit of I'm opposites attract. Well, before we go, where can people find you and follow you and keep up with you online? <laughs> Um, well, let's see. Facebook, I'm the author Carrie Nichols, mm-hmm. and I do have a website. <laughs> I it hasn't been updated. I confess, I I'm not good at that. And one of my sons, <laughs> my oldest, I can usually guilt him into helping me, mm-hmm. and he'll. But then they and he'll say, "Well, this is what you do," and I'm okay. And then I get something that says, "Oh, we've updated how you do this," and it's like I'm back to square one. Mm-hmm. And my uh, younger son, he just says ma you can't afford me <laughs> to do something so but i do have a website um i guess it's carrynichols.com and um twitter i'm at carol opal mm-hmm. okay um, because i had followers and i didn't want to switch when i picked sure. carrie nichols as my pen name <laughs> <laughs> Well, all of that will be listed in the show notes, listeners. So keep up with (laughs) Carrie Nichols. When is Mending the Hometown Hero? And when are both of those planned Uh, to come out? I don't know about Mending the Hometown Hero because I'm so far behind on the revisions. Um, Plus my editor just went on maternity leave. Oh my goodness. It may be a while, although it's digital, so it does go faster than, you know, when they have to put it in print. And the one uh, with the stick up his butt, uh, Fire (laughs) Marshal. Because the heroine says the other word, but I don't want to say that. Um, (laughs) I feel like that needs to be a blurb. The best stick up his butt hero you'll ever read. Um, Stick up his butt with good intentions, okay? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, That's March 20, what's this, March 2022. Okay. As long as hopefully I get it finished and (laughs) through through editing in time, Mm -hmm. but. I, I look at my books and I th- on the shelf, so it's like, yeah, I know I wrote them, but all I remember about it is, oh, I don't want to write today, or I'm not going to sit at my computer today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At some point, I did sit and I did write, so <laughs> I can only pray that this will happen done. Again. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> well, thank you so much for yes. your time and for chatting with us. This has been so much fun. Oh, no. <laughs> amazing. Too. I, I just, yes, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sarah and I will chat with you all in our next episode. Again, check show notes so you can keep up with Carrie Nichols and what she has coming up next. Yep. And we will talk to you later, everyone. <laughs>